everybody? Welcome to the Lifestyle Business Podcast, the only podcast on iTunes guaranteed to decrease your potential for being hired. That's right. Tell them you listen to the Lifestyle Business Podcast and you are less likely to be brought onto that fine organization. We are the rebels, the revolutionaries, bloggers who use ornate and baroque language to describe our journey to make money outside of the corporate manifold. And in the eternal struggle between coffee and tea, we choose... Tea. In a perfect world, we'd probably drink Herba Mate, but it tastes like crap. But I'm choosing coffee against uh, better judgment, although I did buy tea today to improve my blood circulation and concentration, although Starbucks is delicious. If you stick around to the end of the episode, Ian's going to share with you a travel tip that could save your ass, and I will share with you one tech toy that you need to get off your ass and purchase right now. So we've got a 100% ass-oriented quick tip section. Ian, what's up, brother? What's what's going on in the news? I am in California. Got some big contacts. Contracts going on, man. I'm really excited about that. I've been working on those uh, pretty hardcore. So uh, looking to wrap up these contracts, uh, it's probably going to book me up for the next couple months and keep me in California here. Outside of that, we are working on our new auto market product. We should probably have, what do you think, wrapped up and launched in the next few weeks? Yeah, it shouldn't take too long. Probably month at the latest. Finished all the audio like we planned to do. We met the deadlines and now we're just in post-production. We'll probably know within the next uh, week. We'll bring that up on the next uh couple podcast episodes. I'm here in North Carolina in the Outer Banks. Man, being in America, this is a big place, Ian. It's a very large, especially down here in the South. People got space. We, you, you drinking uh, you drinking big gulps and driving around in a Chevy Avalanche over there? I, I am, actually. And, you know, it's interesting, the kind of the draw of the Outer Banks. It's a very sort of family-oriented beach location. And the big draw here is the amazing houses. I mean, there's so much land. There's these huge houses with like six, seven bedrooms that families come to get together. And the beaches are, as you know, deserted. It's... It's very much a family-oriented place, so I've been hanging out, enjoying some good Wi-Fi, hanging out by the pool, relaxing and getting a lot of work done with you. I'm excited to be on the horn. Uh, you know, one thing today, this morning, I, I've sent out uh, emails to all kinds of people that are on our lists, pimping out uh, virtual staff finder, like we talked out on last, we talked about on the last episode of the, of the podcast. You know, talked again to Chris Ducker today. Just an incredible service. Check out outsourcetothephilippines.com/hire if you are interested in hiring your first VA or adding on to uh, your current staff. I truly believe that this is uh, the best way on the market right now to quickly hire an effective home-based virtual assistant. That's the last I'm going to say about it. If you're on our mailing list, you would have heard about it already. You probably are because you're awesome. So let's just move on to the shop section. What do we got? We got 6,000 downloads of this podcast last month. How does that make you feel, Ian? Booyah. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally pumped about that. So uh, who wants to sponsor the show? And uh, what's your yes. price? I mean, we're getting up there, right? we got to start paying for this thing somehow. Yeah, I mean, I want, I want to pay somebody to edit the show so that we can do two or three a week. We're thinking about doing that as a tropical MBA. We just got to get off our asses and announce something or put out a job ad or, uh, you know, hire somebody in the Philippines or do something. We've just been sitting on our butt about that one, so... You know, anyone got any ideas about that, let us know. The second shout, how can this to everybody, how can we make this podcast better? How can we dominate all comers? How can we make this the most helpful podcast that exists on the planet forevermore? And the answer can be anything but get new people to host the podcast. Yeah. If you got any feedback on that, let me know. Hey, I'm going to run a short audio from Joel Runyon from the blog of Impossible Things. He's got a quick audio comment. Hey, Dan and Ian, this is Joel Runyon from the blog of Impossible Things. I want to give you guys a shout on your most recent podcast, the two four-hour work week fallacies. 
Um, I thought you guys made a really, really good point about being passionate about the process and not the product. I thought that was awesome, Dan. Yeah, I just want to give you guys a shout-out. I love what you're doing, and uh, you should keep it up because uh, I only really follow two blo- or two podcasts, and you guys are one of them. So uh, keep it up, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, Joel, thanks a lot for calling in using that number. I love to mix it up with some outsider audio. Joel and I had a little bit of back and forth on last week's blog comments I got a lot of blog action last week, Ian. I think last week was one of our most popular podcasts ever. One thing, we were having a little bit of back and forth about su.pr versus bit.ly, and a little bit of issue about this auto-follow thing. Joel doesn't agree with me that auto-following makes sense. In fact, what he said was that the reason you might want to auto-file is to increase your profile. Like, you know, doesn't Dan look cool because he's got 8,000 followers? But we all know that that's really BS and so it doesn't matter. Right. You know, what ultimately matters and what I think is valuable about the tweet adder software is that it's a free advertisement, Ian. In fact, I just got back on the tweet adder horse and this past week I had four newsletter signups in two days from people that I added on tweet adder because they saw my Twitter profile. They thought it was interesting, popped on over the site and signed up for our mailing list. Yeah. That was free advertising. Absolutely no bandwidth on my part because this is especially true if you can outsource it. If you can have a VA opening up your tweet adder software and all they need to do, Ian, you can set up the follow list. All they need to do is hit start. Your tweet adder so- software will add 200 names every day. Then at 24 hours later, 48 hours later, all I have to hit is unfollow and they will go unfollow everyone who did not follow you. That's to keep your ratio pretty much straight. So you're not following like 10 million people and only 500 people are following you. Just to resituate from Joel, thanks a lot for jumping in. Man, I love the uh, constructive debate. But I got to say, Joel, what's the problem with free advertising? Granted, it's interruption advertising, but it's just a little bit of an interrupt. And hey, people are getting interrupted anyway. That's part of the game with Twitter. And hey, we got we got we got new people on our mailing list this week and hardly did any work. What's up with that? Yeah, I mean, I think as a sales tool, you can't beat that, right? I mean, Tweet Adder is a sales tool. I'm into it. Hey, Colin from Simplified E-Commerce, uh, thanks for dropping by the blog and thanks for your kind words, man. A quick shout to Jamie Marsden of MuseTraffic.com. Finally got his uh, new blog off the ground and his first blog post is Ninja. This guy doesn't do anything without the Ninja touch. He did one of those like, like, like uh, you know, Smashing Magazine type blog posts where it's like graphics and it's like large format and it's actually an excellent blog post it's about the realities of information products and niche selection so we're going to hit that up thanks to troy from weteachfacebook.com he mentioned that we should create a resource section for the blog that's a great idea we will do that troy lots of new subscribers this week that's baller as always you know the only downside of last week was no itunes reviews ian was just steaming because he's got no more friends to ask to, to review the to, to game the system so we're just out of friends man yeah I feel so ridiculous gotta... asking for it but I mean we know how many people are downloading this podcast we 6,000 downloads yeah, yeah so just just a couple of you go over there and on iTunes just just type in a couple letters or something you know put it, put a couple stars up there this week we got a new meat and potato section we've been doing some other work we've been making some other money this time in the physical realm now a couple new terminologies that we're working on the distinction between work and play if if you're not hip to the distinction between work and play, check out episode number 41 where we lay out some common misconceptions of the four-hour work week. Also, pivot technique, something we pulled up. Here's what the pivot technique is, and it's basically a highly leveraged way to create new 
Streams of Automated Income for Your Business. Pivot stands for Position, Iterate, Volley, Outsource, and Time. And so we'll walk you through those, those five different steps. You know, this is something that we've talked about before on the podcast, and we want to keep hitting it up because it's so important. Basically, all of us are sitting on gold mines right now. There's so many knowledge that we have, experiences that we have that we're sitting on that we can just reposition for new markets, new streams of revenue. And that's what we did this month to create a new stream of $10,000 of revenue. Now, we're not smart enough business guys to know how much profit we're going to pull out of that yet. Our business is a little mess right now. But $10,000 in revenue, that's something, man. That's exciting. So let's just get started on position. And this is something that we done, done did in less than 30 days. 24 hours of work. The whole thing manifested in 30 days, one month of turnover. Let's get started on position. In order to position, what we had to do, and this is really key, is we had to be in the industry for the past three years. We learned a bunch of insider information. So it was only after being involved uh, there with our current customers that we could actually see the opportunity. So I want to really stress that as an outsider, I don't think that it would be really hard to see this opportunity. But as an insider, as somebody that's been in the business, that's been talking to our customers, this kind of came out over the last three years. And I think we finally had a moment about 30 days ago when we thought, hey, Let's reposition, provide this kind of product and service for our customers. So position is all about articulating the point in the process that you currently inhabit. Being clear about the kind of capital player you are, whether that's an employee, whether that's a freelancer, whether that's an entrepreneur who's shipping products. Being very clear about the position, how you're making money, where is your revenue coming from. I think at the end of the day, that's what position's about, whether that's a salary whether that's an invoice you recently made or a product line that you have or a URL that you have. Clearly articulate the position. Where is your revenue coming from? Because that's what you're going to iterate from. Now, iterate is the next step of the pivot technique. How do you iterate? So we defined one product line that's making us tons of money. We decided to iterate off of that. What do we do next? So we decided, hey, we've got this product line. What we need to do here is just change it just a little bit reposition it. Spent about five hours in the product synthesization process, about 10 hours designing, about five more hours on the web and the marketing, and then about four hours sourcing. Throughout this process, we were able to come up with a new product. That new product wouldn't have existed so quickly if we didn't already have kind of a baseline. So that's why we say we iterated. We didn't change the product so radically, but we did change it enough so that it can reach a whole new audience. This isn't something that's data-driven. This isn't something that Uh, like we had a huge intuition about or people asking us about, this is totally random. And the reason we went for it is it's highly leveraged. So it's like we see that we're having success with our current position. And so we decide why don't we in in a very efficient way just iterate arbitrarily to see if we can create a new source of revenue. So if you have a widget, what if we did two times widget, widget double wide, widget twice as wide? We're not going to market test that. We're just going to spend 24 hours, like you said, five hours synthesizing, 10 hours designing, five hours of web marketing, and another four hours of sourcing. And booyah, you got 24 hours of work for the chance to make a big hit. Let me give you an example. I mean, this happens all the time. So you're sitting at Little Caesars, right? And you sell pizzas. And you're looking in front of you, you got the tray. I don't know who's worked pizza out there. I haven't, but I've seen enough uh, pizza kitchens to know you got a bucket of tomatoes, you got a bucket of cheese, you got a bucket of bread, you got all this stuff. And what does Little Caesars do? They make pizzas. Well, they did a little bit of iterating on their pizza, and what did they come up with? Cheesy bread. Brand new product, same ingredients, right? Let's say you own a dating site right now. You run a dating site. One iteration of that is you could sell that 
product to the German market. Sell it to a German entrepreneur who can then translate your whole asset and position it to a whole new market. You could, that's just the beginning. Sell it to the Italian market, sell it to the French market, you know. This is one way that you can take your position that's generating crack cash and iterate it. Uh, another way you could do it is you could reposition your blog content as paid ebook content. Bringing in, you have a position where you're bringing in tons of eyeballs. Why not iterate on that stuff and rock it out, create a new stream of revenue. With our products, we essentially repurpose the content by moving pieces around. A lot of times we'll just come out with a product with a different material. We'll just say, well, what would happen if this is metal now? What happens if we do it in plastic? We're not waiting for someone to knock on our door. This is totally arbitrary a lot of times. It's, it's all about putting it out there and seeing what happens. And that's kind of the beauty of it because since you've already done all the hard work, it actually doesn't take that much effort. And the potential payoff's huge. So we kind of sit down and we give ourselves time limits on this stuff. Like we'll pull the team together and say, look, I've got a hunch. We've got a plastic product. Let's take 24 hours and right. make it metal. Get the ball rolling on that and seeing what happens. So that's the iterative step. Last thing I want to say about iterate, it's much cheaper than generally coming up with a brand new product. So that's another reason why it's very valuable. Exactly. I mean, and, and you can see the cheapness in the time spent as well. I mean, you were able to iterate on a complicated product in 24 hours. And so this is great stuff. I mean, imagine if the world didn't have cheesy bread. So iterate is a critical step. So the first step, position. Second step, iterate. Third step, Ian. Third step is volley. So what you want to do is you want to put up on your site, your renderings, your samples. You want to create the initial offer in forms on the site. You want to sell the solution before it's been solved. And we are crazy about this idea, which is pre-selling. Or yeah, even buddy. selling when a product's not even done. And that's what exactly what we did here. And the reason you do that, well, there's several reasons. One is to get information about the market. Figure out if you're right when you're iterating. Yeah, and you know what? You're selling solutions in the future. Like when people step up with the cash, that's the moment when you can solve them. I think people are over-focused on having things buttoned up. I think it's just important to get every step of the process out there. You know, for example, this morning I launched my affiliate program with Chris Ducker and offered, you know, in the next week's time to follow up with my ebook. I haven't even sat down to do the editing of the ebook, but I know when that first slew of orders comes through, I'm going to sit down with myself and one of my colleagues is going to help me out. And we're going to sit down with that thing and help the first group of customers out by editing that book. Now, that first group of customers is going to help me iterate to the next level too because I'm sure that they're going to give me feedback on that book and we're going to create a better product. But the point is, is the problem isn't totally buttoned up right now. It's just I'm getting it out there. I'm going to do a volley. I'm going to go back and forth with that market. And to some degree or not, I'm going to solve their problem. And in some ways, Ian, the biggest part of solving a problem is stepping up and saying you're willing to take on the responsibility to do so. Yeah. So if I'm willing to take on the responsibility to let somebody know that I think I can attack their problem, then I've, I've done 90% of the work. Delivery is the last 10%. You know, a great example is Chris Gillibo launched um, his empire building uh, kit with only 70 of his 365 promised emails completed. Yeah, I love that, that makes story. all the sense in the world. Um, just get it out the door, the minimum viable. It's so common with membership sites nowadays, Ian, to do you know, a 12-week continuity program, but only launch with the first week's worth of content. Use that, use that time constraint as your inspiration to get things done. You know, every week you've got those deadlines and you've got to ship. You've got to show up with something. Nine times out of ten, something is way better than the thing that you're going to wait, prepare for the next six months to make it perfect. So that's what we mean by volleying, getting it out there, 
getting your iterative uh, ideas out there in the market and start to interact with your new ideas, with your new concepts. So we've got pivot technique, position, iterate, volley, and outsource. You can outsource it to you know your virtual assistant. You can outsource it to a firm. You can go to Elance or Odesk. Or, of course, you could outsource it, personally outsource it to your employees, which I think is what we do a lot of times. When you, when you really start to nail down, you start to deliver these products and they start to make sense. And you've got the idea, because you're interacting with the market, that this is going to work out. How do you blow this thing out? Well, the next step is to outsource. Let me know how you blow this thing out Ian, once we've got a little traction. Because, you know, we created $10,000 new dollars in revenue this month. We got us some hits from some customers. So how did you take this thing to the next level once a customer started talking to you. So I think uh, one of the ways to do that is to create lists. I mean, we, I love to create lists. Integrate Elance into our uh, workflow. Send out email blasts to potential customers, new and old customers. Really get them engaged in the product as well. So I think... So let's walk through a quick... Let's walk through a quick process of how... Like one of the most successful lists that you ever created, for example. I and mean, There's been quite a few, but... Let me know how you do this thing. This is a pretty cool process you got worked out. So uh, we use Elance a lot. So what you need to do if you want to create a list uh, full of new contacts, which we do quite often to reach vertical markets, is we'll go on Elance and we'll post a job. And each contact, uh, I'd say, probably costs in between 5 and $0.10. Cents. You need to decide whether you want a physical address or an email address or a phone number or all the three. Basically, what you need to do is set the parameters up for the guys on Elance. These guys will essentially create a mailing list for you and very cheaply. So one of the blasts that we did recently, um, very targeted group. And because we're doing business to business products, a lot of times this is easier. For us, it's just a matter of doing some internet searching and creating a list of 500 to 1,000 contacts. Yeah, I mean, and if you're doing information products, you could create a list of 100 potential affiliates. And the whole idea is you've got to go with these people to these people on Elance with a set of pre-qualified candidates of the quality of which you want them to duplicate. So make sure you do a little bit of the hard yards yourself up front to make sure that the list that they create for you is of the same quality uh, that, you, that you need, the quality that you're looking for. Also at this time, it's the right time to contact, to do some PR. So contact media outlets, contact friends that you have in the industry. This is the time that you're going to want to create blast email blast or phone call blasts this the, in terms of pr this is a great list building technique as well you know not just to go out and find potential sales leads but to find pr leads i mean a little blog called apartmenttherapy.com i didn't know about until it made us thousands of dollars you know a couple a couple years ago ian i would have never known about that had the elance guy not come to me and say hey by the way you know because i wasn't out there in the marketplace at the time i just said hey here are five blogs that do the kind of things that i want to do how about you go find 500 more. Right. And the second thing about, you know, these lists, Ian, is that we're doing cold calls. We're developing little scripts that are clever, that work. You know, we start to develop our phone presence. The other thing we do is we use constant contact, which allows you to upload email addresses and essentially send unsolicited emails, which AWeber doesn't allow you to do. That's just a little bit of the hustle. Sorry. Sometimes you got to put it out there. You know, you try to be cool about it, try to provide some real value to people. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, not everything – you can't wait for everybody to say, yeah, buddy, I'm into what you're doing. Yeah, we're not the smartest guys on the on the street. All right, so next one, position, iterate, volley, outsource. And the final thing is time. Yeah. And and so you, you, I read this great blog article today by uh, the editor of ittybiz.com, and I think they've been in – They've probably been blogging now for three years. They've got a bunch of employees there. Uh, She wrote a happy birthday note to problogger.net, and her message was just, 
you know, don't ever give up. It, you know, it's amazing talking about a blogger. Like, she's been blogging for three years as if that were some kind of long haul. Right. But I think in the blogging world it is, and... For us, I think we've been at this... How long have we been at this officially? It might be three years now. Yeah. Almost. And it, it really does feel like 30 in our, my own mind, and it does feel exhausting. And in some ways, the transformations that we've made personally and in our organization are so huge. I mean, from going literally like to doing basic Photoshop elements to like having one product on each site to now... Having so many moving parts that, like, there are certain employees that work for us that I haven't spoken with for two weeks. The scale to which our, you know, the ways in which our organization has changed has been incredible. This isn't part of the technique, but it's just the idea of being consistently after it day after day, you know, that's really where, where success is going to come from is that you have to keep going, going, going uh, over the long term. We were really shaky on this product. I mean, people would call up and email us, and we had just about as much information as was posted on our website, which wasn't very much. So, you know, in terms of really knowing what we were talking about, uh, we weren't doing so hot. But what we were doing was getting an idea of what the market interest was for this kind of product. And then we could start to figure out, okay, how much time should we start to develop into this product? And so today we're delivering about two to three quotes per day for this very high and product. We're landing an average of about 25% of those quotes, which is pretty good considering that I think our price is still off in the market. And I still think that we're kind of talking about what we don't know about. We hope to increase our conversion rates as we streamline our costs and process. Um, but really, that's just going to take time. That's going to take us being into this new business a little bit longer. And it's just organic. I want to stress how important it is that you think about a lot of this stuff as long-term goals and long-term process. What we started here in the first 24 hours is the beginning of the next five years. So if you can imagine that. It's interesting, you know, a part of the, the you know, a lot of people are going to think, all right, the pivot technique, that's clever. We've heard about it before from you guys. You know, Part of this is us re-reminding ourselves where our cash comes from and how we should be dedicating our time. I mean, essentially, we've taken a lot of new shots in the dark lately, and I think what we found ourselves doing is taking huge amounts of payroll and putting it after long shots rather than taking a step back and defining our position. Where is our revenue coming from? How can we iterate on it and immediately start to volley with our market outsource it to get tons of leveraged, very affordable labor, developing huge lists of potential interests or customers, and then letting the old father time come in and let that stuff play out over the long haul. But getting that, that hard work done in the first 24 hours, yeah. I think, and, and that's what we're going to start to do here. I mean, we need to readjust in our business because I feel like we've taken some shots in the dark. Things haven't really panned out. On the other hand, we've got these products that are making so much revenue from us for us, uh, really taking stake of our position and finding ways to iterate based on them, I think it is a great strategy. And when I think we've benefited off in the, in the past, I don't see any reason to keep that going, keep things growing exponential. You know, another thing you mentioned about time is how this stuff plays out over the course of five years. How does $10,000 a month play out in your business over the course of five years? Well, that could be enough to, to, to fund another very talented employee. What would that employee do for you over the next five years? And it's it's interesting. Like, what if we wouldn't have done that? What if we would have taken a shot in the dark and, and it didn't pan out? So it, it's very interesting to see how these things start to build up and stack up over time and, and sort of become exponential. Time's powerful, man. 
You know, you look at it in the market, you look at it in your savings account. Time is, is the most powerful factor at play here. So, you know, get things done in 24 hours. And like you said, why, why innovate when you can just imitate your own damn self and take what you've already done, iterate that stuff, and try to make new streams of revenue. Thanks for sticking around for the meat and potatoes. Let's move on to the quick tips, tricks, and or funny joke section. Ian, quick tip section. What do you got for us? I got a travel hack that I've been using for quite some time. Uh, this trip to Bali reminded me of what I do. Generally, you're traveling with some really important paperwork, uh, credit cards, passport, maybe phone numbers back home to mom. And uh, like we experienced about three hours before my flight leaving Bali, I didn't know where my passport was. Big problem. Well, I think this can be pretty easily solved by photocopying all of your important documents before you take off. So I really recommend this for everybody to do, even when they're not traveling. But I have a couple pieces of paper that have the fronts and backs of my credit card, my driver's license, and my passport photocopied. So if I do lose... Um, those important documents when I'm traveling, I can still use my credit cards or cancel my credit cards because a lot of time the phone number's on the back there. You lose your credit card, how do you call your credit card company? I think this is a pretty valuable tip for travelers. I'm sure a lot of people out there do this, but I just wanted to share it and say it has uh, actually saved me before. So I recommend photocopying all your important stuff before you hop on a flight. Hey, I've got a, you know, this is a travel hack, but I think it applies to all serious entrepreneurs. And I'm going to make a sales pitch for a little device that I think everyone should buy. And just off the top of my head, Ian, I am going to put this in the resources section that old Troy suggested we put up. And also, I'm going to see if we can hook ourselves up with a little affiliate link for this product. So if you do decide to buy this product based on what we're talking about here today, go to the blog and buy it through there. And that will give us a little bump back and that will help us buy some or fund somebody to edit the damn thing so we can get a couple more podcasts out every month. So here's, here's the thing. And you've heard about it and maybe you haven't moved on it yet. Maybe you're a purist. Maybe you're apologizing for paper. You know, <laughs> Maybe you're dreaming of the days sifting through old bookstores. Well, trust me, people, there has been nobody that spent more time in bookstores enjoying the smell of paper and ink, smell of old books and the touch of books. But you, my friend, you, serious entrepreneur, you, world traveler, you, jet-set, multi-millionaire who's very good-looking, needs to buy a Kindle. And there's a couple reasons for this. First off, whether you believe it or not, and whether you're willing to admit it to yourself or not, the Kindle is a superior reading experience to a book. And I know that's sort of sad to admit. It's just true. There's a couple reasons. The text is adjustable. So you can adjust it to whatever makes sense for your eyes. The biggest reason the reading experience is better is because the Kindle is extraordinarily light. Um, Everybody knows that experience where you're kind of laying on the side of your bed and one part of the page is comfortable to read and the other part of the page is uncomfortable and you're like, I can't wait to get through this so I get back to the comfortable side. And with the Kindle, there's just none of that. You can hang under a tree like a monkey and read, you know, hanging upside down and it's comfortable. Of course, for traveling, there's advantages are ridiculous. I mean, of course, the Kindle packs extraordinarily well. It's super light. The second thing about the Kindle is obviously... You can buy books that people recommend, like with one click. It's, it, I mean, it's a little scary for your bank account. I gotta be honest. I mean, I bought three books yesterday. Uh, you can just boom, click, one click. Ian, like literally, if someone sends a tweet out about a book, I think it seems interesting. I click the tweet, I click buy, and boom, it's on my Kindle. I mean, it's 
ridiculous. The thing syncs over cell towers, and it's, they have a Wi-Fi-only version now, which I think is, is a little cheaper, and that's a good way to go. Extra hot tip. You can go to instapaper.com, Ian, and you can mark articles on the web that you want to read later, and they'll sync with your Kindle, so you can read blogs on your Kindle. Now, there's an extra reason why you'd want the Kindle over top of something like the iPad or just using Kindle app on your iPhone, and the reason is is that Kindle is a 100% independent experience. And for entrepreneurs, there is no replacement for the power of books, Ian. Yes, Books sir. are still the most powerful meat for having you meditate deeply on concepts that can really change who you are. I mean, books, to me, are such an important part of becoming an entrepreneur, such an important part of personal development. And it's really where all the baller jams are at still, man. Yep. You can't get this stuff from movies. And the cool thing about the Kindle is, man, you can't click over to TweetDeck. There's no TweetDeck on the Kindle. 100% focused. Click, you can't click back over to your email account, man. You have to read that book. And that's, I think that's something that's really powerful about the Kindle. So I know there's a lot of purists out there in the audience thinking, man, I can never go away from books. Well, obviously for travelers, you know, just something like five years ago, being in a place like – Southeast Asia, and someone says, hey, get Richard Branson's book, and hey, you can't find it, you know? Well, now it's one click away. It's a better reading experience. You can take notes on the thing. The only exception is reference books. You know, there's still room for reference books out there in the marketplace, but I got to tell you, Kindle is the window. It's the baller shit. If you don't have a Kindle yet, man, you just got to get on it because you got to be a reader. You got to be on it. You got to be a reader. You can't listen to podcasts and get what you... There's no podcast that's going to make up for the books, man, unless you're going to get an audiobook. I'll give you with the audiobook. If you want to do audiobooks, audible.com will power to you. Isn't audible.com sponsoring this podcast? They might be. They should be, man. It's 6,000 downloads. I think they're probably not sponsoring it because you just cuss like three times in your Kindle, uh, in your Kindle sale <laughs> sales letter. <laughs> All right, Ian. Thanks for joining me today. It is always a pleasure to join you. Any parting shots? Have a nice time at dinner with your family. I'll be uh, eating with my cat here in the next few minutes. Excellent, man. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything.